Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. We are wizards, we are crewmen, we are Jedi superhuman. Warriors fighting on the side of good. We are DMs, we are players, we are hardened undead slayers. Elven archers roam the enchanted wood. We all pretend to be something, so why not pretend to be something interesting? Nerd on, my friends, nerd on. Keep it up and we can rule the world. Whatever you love is not wrong. There's power in your phantom. Keep strong. To your Witcher, oh valley of plenty. Oh, no one's joining in, really? I honestly. I'm I... sorry, that's all I can do when I think about the Witcher. <laughs> I have been thinking about the first song he sings where he somehow found a way to rhyme the word abortion. <laughs> Which, like, I heard him like, oh my god, that really does sound like barn music, except it sounds a little bit more like folk rock. This is cool. And then they do Witcher, I'm like, oh, they just translated folk metal into bardic music because they know people are going to play this as metal in like 24 hours and the metal cover of toss a coin to your witcher is is fantastic which of the 17 are you talking about that's true i'm talking about the one that was on i think the nerdist i don't know that one was uh check out the show notes for a link to that video Mm -hmm. if you haven't already watched it or if you want to use this as a way to like compile great videos i would also recommend that there is a synthwave version as well that sounds so good so is the synthwave version of the mandalorian yes can we just talk about how great synthwave is yeah synthwave's good synthwave (laughs) is like we as a generation said oh we're doing cyberpunk in real life oh okay we can do this we can get the soundtrack going for this yeah let's get the soundtrack going it's kind of one of those things whenever we listen to your synthwave playlist uh and we're driving i'm like I need my Ray-Bans mm-hmm. and, like, mm-hmm. you know, pop my collar and just, mm-hmm. like, drive down the There long, was a, a video road. game called, I think, Burnout Paradise a while ago that was uh, perpetually at sunset. Like, that was oh, part of the thing yeah. of the game. And so somebody was like, just pop in the soundtrack to drive and drive around in that game for a while. You'll feel so relaxed. <laughs> it's, uh, what I love the most about Synthwave, I think, is that it is, um, it is not... Uh, it's not a retro genre genre it's a memory of a genre that never existed it's like that's exactly what i like with the derivative synth wave genre i'm really into called vaporwave Mm -hmm. which is entirely postmodernist synth wave it's very funny (laughs) the entire idea if you go onto wikipedia they will tell you this uh vaporwave is based off of a um 
Uh, elevator dis- music, right? Right, elevator music in the way that corporations make music for like mall spaces, and so it's meant to just be very judgmental of any way or any time a corporation tries to make mood music for buying stuff. Oh God, I'm probably gonna love it. It's I, I, so I don't know if I've fun. ever talked about this publicly, actually, but um, the thing that makes like you know theme parks are my happy place, um, and so. The thing that makes me happiest in the world, not the happiest, my daughter and my wife make me happiest, you know what I mean. I get an instant dopamine hit when I see a very bright artificial light. Like the lights you find outside of um, like baseball stadiums and stuff. Uh, Or like, obviously, the lights that they turn on at theme parks at night so that you can wander around safely. It's just instant like shot of good chemicals to the brain of like, ah, I'm happy now. I think you tapped into exactly what we're talking about in creating like a time and space. Right. And I didn't make that goddamn list, Mike. Which what? The list of things that make you happiest. <laughs> I fuck you <laughs> and fuck you. Listen, listen. Uh... It, it's only it's only because I was right here, Jarris. Mm-hmm. He, sure, he was not to, like, the wedding also, rings. also, like, the fusion is my current child. I know I spent many years Don't raising you. Don't you even dare. I spent, when Jairus came if into you, our lives, they were but a young pup who had now, no knowledge of the outside world because if, their parents had done such a bad job, and I hope you're listening to this. No. But I'm going to leave this minute about how I cut something out yeah, to make your fine. father happy yeah. so you'll never know what it was. It was sexual. <laughs> God, it's sexual. Oh, I think that makes it worse. Please no, no, please no. But speaking of sexual things, okay, that leather. Pants, where is this going? You know that where le- this is going. No, after the conversation I had with you in the car tonight, I have no idea where this is going. Please continue talking about Henry Cavill. Um, so apparently, Mr. Cavill's buttocks was so in shape and so fine. That it wore through his leather pants. Like, the costumer had to constantly, like, repair them or make new pairs and stuff because... His pants look painted on. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, I mean, like, they weren't super, super tight that you could, like, you know, tell his religion or anything like that. Unfortunately. But, but, oh, man, they were... mm, mm. And and like, am I the only one here who is not into beefcake? So I was never into Henry Cavill. You know right? this. We've he's had discussions about the podcast. He's not attractive. He yes, is though he when is. he's Gerald. When he's Gerald, he's attractive <sighs> because when he's Gerald, like when he's Superman, he's bored and way too clean cut. When he's Gerald, you he's mean got that... when he's Superman, he's boring because those yes. movies were written badly. Yes, exactly. Or... Uh, when he's when he's Gerald. He's got a little bit of the scruffy appearance, mm-hmm. but he's also got that thing that he never had as Superman that's so attractive of the, like, I'm a strong, tough dude, but really deep down I care about people and just want Jaskier to be happy even though I pretend he annoys me. And that's super attractive. I'm sorry. Yeah. This is going to be a high spoilers uh, thing. Always. Because we're going to... Always. Yeah, yeah, we're always... I had to talk to my cousin about that. Uh, she was not happy with some of the spoilers we've had on the past. And she was like, is this next episode going to be heavy spoilers? I'm like, so everything we do, we assume people have already seen I it. I put in the show notes, and I've never done this before, but for the season two, episode one episode, I put in the show notes that there were spoilers and what time to what time you oh, could skip very to nice. the season oh, spoilers. That is very well. So, so that's on your cousin. 
Yeah, I suppose. I'm feuding with your whole family today. Yeah, I guess you are. <laughs> you know what? And also, <laughs> screw your goats. No, I love your goats. They're beautiful. They're Speaking adorable. of my goats, I have a little stuffed goat. And now that I'm taking care of the cats, um, because my roommate's on a three-day uh, work thing, three-week work thing, um, the cats have discovered my stuffed animals and are choosing one specific stuffed animal to steal repeatedly and often to wait in the middle of my room for me to turn around and see them so they run off and it's the goat that's right these cats trying to get my goat well oh <laughs> i hid the goat guys and it's they been a good stole- podcast <laughs> I'm so glad we're back, but I have to cancel now. Yeah, Clearly, everything if, I did to raise Jairus was a mistake. If you're not we into puns. We have to puns, put them back into the clothing vat. If you're not into puns, you might want to turn off my mic. Uh, <laughs> oh, I can do that. You're right. Screw so, you. So, speaking of goats, yeah. uh, Jeopardy! Greatest of All Time oh, was yeah. actually ridiculously exciting. Okay, so just for oh, those of you wow. who aren't in the jeopardy fandom like mainly and i are oh my god uh, the greatest of all time jeopardy tournament they had which this week is acronym goat which right. i think is stupid yeah but... greatest of all time no, greatest of all time yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. the goat it's an chris jericho thing. the goat That's, just yeah. like goats are also the greatest of all time it was actually a great pun for several years in the wwe because daniel bryan called himself the greatest of all time and also kind of looked like a goat <laughs> oh that's Got cute it. yeah uh, anyway um the the Je- jeopardy had this tournament this week uh, and me, me saying that sentence about a thousand people just tuned out of this podcast, but that's fine. Don't worry, uh, we will get back to The Witcher. We just yeah, take side trips. We do. Uh, it's very late, uh, and we're tired. Uh, the, uh, um, but they brought in the person who won the most money ever in Jeopardy history. Rad Redder. Rad Redder, thank you. The person who uh, had the most win, the longest win streak in Jeopardy history with Ken Jennings, and then the um, person who had broken the most records in Jeopardy history. Oh, is Ken Jennings the one who made oh God, what's, what's his, his name? name cry? What? Okay, so there is a time on Jeopardy in which did someone hurt Alec? No, the reverse. He bet uh, one, and when it was revealed his answer, the one was actually. A capital I love you, Alex Trebek. And Alex Trebek started crying Aww. on live TV. It was, and it was well, right after he got like cancer free. Like, yeah, it was so cool. Un- unfortunately, he the cancer's oh. kind back. of back, and Aww. he's not gonna be around for very long. But um, no, like, well, we don't know about that. But he's not gonna be hosting the show. For very he's long. not gonna be hosting the show for a while. So. Sick um, kids, you'll have to find a new show. Yeah. Hey, no, it's amazing. But um, what I really you never liked... know that might get Drew Carey to host it. <laughs> that would be crazy because he's just like that's what he I does. Just take over. Yeah. Um, but what was so interesting about this? Usually, like, granted, Jeopardy is a super dry, like very dry, very dry show, and it's always adorable whenever Alex thinks he's funny yes. and so he'll just be like yes. ha 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 did you get that pun or like he'll explain something and yeah. be like oh, i'm so the smart best and um but with this one even if they lost they got two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for their charity of course no no for <gasps> that Whoa. No, i didn't so, know jeopardy and one like of the that. winner got a million dollars oh yeah. my god so really like there were stakes, but at the same time, they were just having fun yeah. with it. And it was 
really exciting to watch. So every time on one of them Hulu. got double jeopardy, they just went all in, no matter how much they had. Oh, yeah. that's fun. It was great. Well, and, and because yeah. they were doing basically two games every night instead of the normal game, they're just rapid firing through questions like this for two hundred. That's the answer. This for two hundred. That's the answer. It's really fascinating to watch. That is yeah. the only thing I don't like about Jeopardy, um, because I want time to yell at the screen. Screen. It was the Mongolian. God damn it's the Mongolians. <laughs> so the um. The thing with Jeopardy, apparently, is that um, so you can't buzz in until Alex is finished. Alex is finished speaking, but yeah. you can't also um, uh, you, so you have to be the first one to know when he's going to finish the sentence, basically. Mm-hmm. And so when they asked people on the show what they studied uh, to get pre- prepared for the tournament, Ken Jennings was like, "Oh, I studied your cadence, Alec." Yeah, that <laughs> like, makes that's sense. Smart. Yeah, that's how you do it. I mean, it's just like if you want to be a good musician. Yeah. Yeah. Like Jaskier on The Witcher. Yes, let's go back to that. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So two things. Uh, First thing, I rarely see a show that uses confused timelines and it also has a literary purpose and meaning behind it. It was so good. I was impressed. Because I will admit, like, the first time you meet, um, what's her face? Yennefer? Yennefer. Mm -hmm. I was kind of like... Where's my hot beefcake? Like, what's going on here? And oh, like, what? Sure. Why are you showing me this girl who, like, mm-hmm. you know how you get super villains? That's how you get super villains. And I'm there's so a... happy she's not a villain. Really, I I, I expected I the agree. whole series for Yennefer to be the big bad at the end, and yeah. I'm so glad she wasn't. Well, and her writing's complex, not always good, but also way more thoughtful than most other writing on that subject. Exactly. Like. Like a lot of cringe-worthy things about her disability, and yet still it had something to say, which is more than most. Shows. I also liked, and this is a um, sort of a non sequitur, but um, as they had this whole storyline of her having a disability, having a disability, and being remade through magic and all that jazz, but they also didn't have her be undesirable like her maid oh no fell her in love previous with. character was very cute yeah, well, like, all, very but, attractive but, well not even that like the it wasn't like oh no one will ever love me because clearly she fell in love with and had right. a very physical oh, fling no, with the mage they guy did a great which job was great. on her characterization and i feel like this kind of worked out because i get really bored when female characters are regaled to but i guess it was also i could have a baby and then in the very end of that thing they're like no it was just about power she yeah. wanted to be important yeah. to someone and that like she didn't want a kid she didn't want to be a mom it she just wanted someone to look at her like she was the most important thing in the world yep well and yeah that's why a lot of people wrongly have babies yeah but also i think for her too is when she made the decision to not be able to have children when mm-hmm. she paid the price yeah her she made that decision in a place of pain mm-hmm. and True. and like no i'm i'm not gonna let them take something from me yeah but no. then later on she finally has everything and she is bored af yep. you know like so apparently the in the original she... novels um mm-hmm. they don't tell her that the chains will take away her ability to have children See, well, that's, and that so that's changes a nice change everything. i actually really really like that yeah. change because it's it's it gives her more of a more, uh, more agency that she made the for, choice and then she came to regret it rather than like well I'm just here to get revenge on the surface world or whatever right yeah. it's I like that when it came down to it it wasn't that 
like some people said that her ending message to the new generation of mage girls is um the magic to create a person is better than your real magic i don't think that's what she was saying no i think what she was saying is this place tells you it's going to give you power and it's all about taking away your choices yes and i thought that was that's exactly one of the cool that's another thing the witcher has very concrete things to say about magic and what magic means in a fairy tale Yeah. yeah like I don't know, like, one episode of The Witcher had better politics than anything in Game of Thrones. <laughs> the, like, Which is why whenever I see somebody on the internet being like, oh, this was just diet Game of Thrones, I mean, like, I'm like, no, you mean this, good Game of Thrones? Right? Like, the magic in Game of Thrones is so dumb. The mythic stuff in Game of Thrones does not bite me. And a single episode where you go through No, no, through the, the White mage... Walkers definitely bite you. Ugh, they bite whatever. you a lot. Um... <laughs> Like one episode when they show Yennefer going through this school and you realize that like everyone hears out for yourself. And then in the end you realize, no, that's just that Proctor teaches people that way. Like these are different paradigms of what power means. That blew, like no one shows magic with that level of depth where you can have people in the same school coming from rapidly different places on what it means to be a mage. Well, and I really liked that the first Mage, mage, we met in the entire show before they even introduced was, Jennifer, uh, was douche, right? And that was the they yeah. they used like it, it's such a eye rolly moment whenever uh, prestige TV shows use naked women for ratings and stuff. And but here that they one, called they, it out, right? It's it was like, it was specifically to show that this guy is gross, not yeah. to be yeah. like, oh, watch our show; it has naked ladies in it. Well, and I loved um, the Witcher's reaction to it, where he was just like, oh. Fuck you! Yeah, buddy. like yeah. I'm yeah. not gonna do anything for you. You're you're. Gross. Nor should he have that. Yeah. Really, and also that character's like main thing of I have to kill all these girls. They were born in this time is very true to magical beliefs where people get hung up on this one detail and suddenly they're murdering people because right. they're afraid of a prophecy. Yeah, like a lot of people when they do magic in storylines, they treat it as like. A fantasy version of technology where it's just there to solve different kinds of problems and in the witcher magic is very literally only there to make things worse <laughs> that's all it ever does well and i i think that's why like i the the witcher is every everyone's like I, we need you but we but don't we trust you. magic because yeah. this is this magic kind of, not good guys yeah it's the double edged sword sort mm-hmm. of thing but like I will admit like the first episode when I saw all those you know like naked women in the garden I was like why is he wearing clothes he should be like you know free hanging or whatever mm-hmm. and then when I realized what they were doing with the yeah. nakedness and with mm-hmm. the sexuality and like all of that I was like oh my god this is so good and so I was like wow I'm going to go play the game. It's going to be great. And oh. I'm so glad yeah. I did not. No, well, the, the we books. haven't played... Um, Hold on, because we haven't played the games. We know that the original right. video game had that gross aspect to it of the whole like collecting women-like cards. I hear The Witcher 3 is amazing and right. treats its female characters very, very well, so I don't want to... I, I liked the opening scene yeah. in The Witcher 3. It was great, where like basically there... you can tell Gerald uh, and Yennefer just had a sesh, mm. and then she's like, Siri wants you to train with her. Run along. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. It's, 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 the treating it's you I can't like wait for your... that relationship. Yeah. It, but 
what I was going to say about that garden scene too is, um, a that was a great moment of getting to establish um, Gerald's character because the fact that he did react like ugh um, showed exactly what kind of person he was in very little storytelling. Yeah. But B, that's also the first time we hear him give the, you know, I don't choose between the lesser of two evils speech. Right, which is very important to that that's character. That's very important to that character because the thing about Gerald, at least as I gathered from the series, I haven't read the books, I haven't played the games, but he's that, he's that, he's like the guy from Shoot 'Em Up, we talk about all the time, which yes. is such a good movie, you need to see it. Yes. He's that, like, you think they're going to be the super tough, super toxic, like, toxic masculinity guy, yeah. and they're always the one coming to the rescue and helping people, even though they're rolling their eyes while they're doing it. It's it's what Wolverine's character should be most of the time. And like when written well can be. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the, like, um, you know, oh, I guess I'll come to your birthday party, kid. I'm going to have such a it, bad time. What kind of tea party does Siri want? I want to make sure I get this right. (laughs) There's, I think, this respect for trauma where people who write these toxic characters think this person goes through battle because it makes them cool and they know they're better than other people. When the actual psychological effect of fighting every goddamn day of your life is you lose your ability to connect with your feelings because when you do it's horror every time. Yeah. Yeah. And now one of my favorite things about this show is when they're like, "Oh yes, witchers don't have emotions." And the one episode that was about that pr- the oh my god, that dragon episode was so good. good. So well written. I mean, so amazing. So, like, oh my so what's god. What's hilarious about that episode, me being a costume mm-hmm. designer, I was like, Man, I really love that the monster hunter has uh-huh. a vest made golden? out of scales and I, it's golden. And then when it turned yeah, out to be what it was, I, gotta I was tell like, you, <laughs> I called that he was a gold dragon when they started talking about it. And when I thought about it, I thought about it because I remembered something you had taught me about <laughs> costuming. <laughs> yes. I, uh, I was like, it, wait, so this is a perfect setup. Yeah. So it's funny because this is the second TV miniseries adaptation of the books. It turns out there was one um, in Poland in the early 2000s in Poland, and I saw a clip of it on YouTube. And they also adapted that dragon story. And their gold dragon is hilarious. Oh. It's like this super fat dragon, like to the point where you're like, why like could this cat? dragon move? Like a cat, like a really fat cat with like tiny arms and a tiny head. Oh, he's and all large. these And all these like <laughs> Polish people are standing on a mountain being like, oh, it's a dragon. And you cut to it and it's like, mark, <laughs> It's the best. Well, also, That's adorable. just remember, Big like, mood. think about the Hercules and oh, yeah. Cena TV shows. Oh, like, yeah. That CGI, like, for the time and for TV, it was okay. Certainly, yeah. yeah. You know, but, like, we look on it now and we're like, oh, oh my god. Yeah. Well, I still well, remember, I mean, it's only been in the last five or six years that TV CG has gotten good. Like, I still remember well, the first time I saw... the amount of money that's started well, to Well, yeah, but also, it. like, because The Flash isn't a show with a huge, huge budget, but the first time they busted out King Shark on there, I was like, that looks really good. What... Mm. What is that doing there? That looks really good. Yeah. To go back to what I was finishing, um, the that episode ending with um, Gerald shouting at Jaskier made a huge impression on me because it was fundamental proof that 
Geralt not only has feelings, but he locks them up all the time. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. And the way that he expressed it by yelling at Jaskier and being like, like, I blame you, like perfect illogic, something no one without feelings could really say. He was telling him, I love and care about you and you're the only person I feel safe enough to yell at. Yep. And it, yeah. like, it was heartbreaking. Oh. It was sad. And it, like, I walked away from that episode being like, I think I love this show. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so great. And I think the whole thing with the witchers not having emotion, it writes off the way that the other people treat them because yeah. it's like, Oh, they aren't human. Yeah. You know? And then also it excuses the actions of the witcher because, mm-hmm. Oh, it's just business. Yeah. But you could tell that you could tell from episode so one, that was a damaged. lie. <laughs> yeah. Like that whole so thing about damaged. him not having emotions is a lie. It was, the dragon episode, the one where the you need a nap conversation comes from, because no, that is one that's of the, the genie one. That's the genie one, because oh, that is one of the most perfect uh, conversations that, of just. There were so just, many good moments. Tell me something about genie. my music, and there's just insults of that. Is, <gasps> you yes. need a nap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, talking of Jaskier's music, friends. I was. Uh, I don't know if we recorded this part of it um, in our beginning, so I want to touch on it again. When I, re- I sang the song and no yes. one would join me, I really like Jaskier's music. Um, because it's kind of in between modern and bardic, like a part of it sounds bardic. And the song that they did about, um, I think the fisherman's wife or something was almost word for word, a Madrigali song. Um, but the way, I don't know what it is. I am less interested in toss a coin to your witcher over the words than the way Jaskier sings it is kind of fucking mesmerizing. Yeah. Because it sounds like he's been transported from the 21st century and he yeah. practices on YouTube. I love, 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 love fantasy shows that give me anachronisms. Yes. Give me bard songs that, that sound so, like modern and rock yet anthems. It wasn't Please. different from bardic music. And his yeah. entire writing process is the way bards would write well, and their the stuff. Ly- the lyrics and the, the story so of the song are very bardic. It's telling yeah. word for word what happened the whole time. It's just in a very different it's, style. It's also right. It's, it's how also not would tell that a story. perfect song. Like there are mistakes in some of the lyrics, like where he I uses don't, the. He l- can't be bleat is not a mistake. Right. That's no. perfection. No, no, <laughs> that <laughs> cannot be what he's saying. <laughs> that that's what he's saying. No, I mean that cannot be what he meant to say. <laughs> no, no, that's what he meant to what say. What does that Jas- mean? <laughs> goats bleat yes he can't be bleat he can't be beat yes but it's a goat man who's attacking him so he can't be bleat i swear to fucking god is this i am today years old oh my god that's amazing and stupid right yeah. oh my that, and that's the moment he that Jaskier's like man? that's not what happened because he's just he's just sung about how the the goat man gnashed up ja- uh, gerald's nether regions and then gerald goes he can't be bleat and Jessica, Geralt's like, holy shit, wait, that's not at all what happened. Yeah. Can I speak up for myself here? <laughs> I And I do love the moment during the dragon, or not the dragon thing, it was something else where someone says to Geralt, you've become quite famous, and from the background, Jaskier, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I also love when you first meet Jaskier. And everyone's like, ugh, you're so horrible. And they throw I food at that each. song. But... Oh, they yeah, throw you're food, right. and I mean, then he's just the like, food. whatever. And so I'm like, oh my god, he's purposely bad. Right? Mm-hmm. No, Because that's how, how get he food. gets food. Like, he probably gets more food that way than he ever could getting paid to sing. Yeah. yeah. And no, it's, and, and it's also great because, like, 
you know, he sings a terrible song. Everybody throws food, then everybody collects the food. But then he sees the one person who wasn't mean to him and is like, we're friends now. Yes. <laughs> I also love how, like, he is not a D&D bard in any way. He has no combat readiness. He doesn't know a little no. bit about everything. And he sleeps in late to some of the fights. Yep. That was so good. Um, Speaking mm. as the resident D&D bard. Oh, sure, sure. He absolutely is a D&D bard because he offers inspiration. That's and true. And he provides motivation. That's true. He provides motivation of, they're going to kill us, Gerald. Please get us out of this. Please, please get us out of this, Gerald. They're going to kill us, Gerald. Gerald, please and get us out of this. he also provides the face for the courts. <laughs> Yes. Um, which you know, oh, I loved the setup Damn. for that first episode yes. with uh, with Siri's mom too, where right, where it was you just finally like, get to see who she is as a person for sure. Because you'd seen her, if you'd only seen her in the beginning, you think, oh, this woman's kind of saintly, and then you see her how she actually like, was, and it's a like, oh no, you're, no, no, right? you're not at all. Like she loves but killing her people. I just love yeah. it too because it's another example of like Jaskier being like. Hey, Gerald, can you come keep me from dying at this party? And Gerald's like, uh, I guess. <laughs> and the fact that he was there becomes now the single most important thing uh-huh. in his destiny. Why? Okay. <laughs> this is the only thing hmm. that, like, and I un- it's totally necessary for the story to make sense and its destiny and all that. Why would you claim the law of surprise, Gerald? You know about magic. You know about destiny. Why That's would why. you do that? Because one of magic in this setting is there to do one thing: make shit worse. Yeah, it's the well, magic I, okay, comes in to com- complicate the plot. I was gonna come back to that later because uh, I like magic with complications, absolutely. But I also like magic being, you know, D and D magic where it just does cool right. shit. Yeah, this and like the magic the, the, the is the not last... like that. No, it was because in the last oh, in the big last fight, fight scene, yeah. there were so many cool magical things they right. did. So many cool. Yeah, magical like that dude. I, I was sad that that dude with the swords died. Uh, he was oh he? oh that's right <laughs> he was freaking amazing yeah. like he tell he teleported into a thing and started fighting and I replayed that <laughs> section four times I was like oh it's fantasy nightcrawler sign me the <clears throat> fuck up uh, right. what it is is a sword mage from D yeah exactly. yeah exactly <laughs> and that thing where he keeps pulling his sword back like, that was so brilliant that's what sword mages do yeah. that's amazing but then he drained all of his magic doing it like an idiot right or yeah. I thought it would be that his opponent was stepping on the sword and somehow broke the very specific spell written effect. <laughs> um, I, I wasn't quite sure. Not all spells are spells in Morrowind. Yeah, right? Where it's like, you will do this perfectly I'm sure we've told, fucked. I'm sure we've told this story on the podcast before. One of my favorite memories of, watch, of Jairus in college is the moment at the high point of their jump that they realized they forgot to craft Featherfall under their Morrowind spell. There, and just went, just went, yeah, this is awesome! Oh no. <laughs> this was the first time I had ever met the guy whose like body falls and you pick it up and it's like thing of long leap and the entire purpose of that is just to trick you the player uh-huh. into killing yourself. Yeah. <laughs> but then no, but then you specifically went back and crafted the spell and right, forgot I Featherfall. Loved it. Yes, I what I what I'm not an engineer. <laughs> We don't have it. There's no QA I, department for magic. My favorite school in Morrowind magic is mysticism because it doesn't need to make fucking sense. <laughs> yeah, but no, like, I also really appreciated that we finally have a fantasy series with really strong, independent female characters. It's almost like the show was written and directed by women. Yep. What? Siri is an incredible character, too. She is. The war, Yennefer, weary... too. Like... Oh, Yennefer's good. <laughs> 
I really like I, the way people around Siri would be like, no, things are okay. And she's like, no, I know my life. Yeah. yeah. They're not going to be okay. And then, oh my God, the, seeing the, how the two people who had rescued them were in the same family. Oh my God, that was good this writing. Whole, yes. um, this whole season was setting up what I understand to be the main plot of The Witcher, which is... Uh, I am so excited for because apparently Geralt takes Siri to Witcher school to oh, learn from his master. Yes. But about, uh, I don't know, a couple of months in, they're like, this girl's magic is too powerful. We can't teach her alone. So they get Yennefer to come to the yes. Witcher school to help teach her. And it's just them, a big family training Siri to be a super magic badass with a sword. And I want to see that so bad. I would love if they broke the, we can't make Witchers anymore thing. And I also love the expl explanation of why they can't make Witchers. It's not this big, like magic change. It's not something. No, it's a simple political thing. A single city fell. And that was the only place they had the equipment. Now yep. they can't do it anymore. Yep. It's dumb as hell, and that's how history works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and oh, speaking of the politics in it, I love so how good. the mages who are the advisors are actually the ones running all oh, of the yeah. world. I love the Brotherhood so goddamn much. They're, and by that, I mean we hate the Brotherhood. Right, because so they're, they're terrible. <laughs> they're terrible. But. Like, also, I'm just really interested to see more of the um, grand, like, the guy who's the grand in charge of oh, yeah. the Brotherhood, and then his niece. Who's, who's turned into a freaking, like, religious fundamentalist. Yeah, yeah she's, she, ooh, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's tapping but into some, some dark shit. The really interesting I am fairly thing certain she created that vision. Oh, yeah. Sorry, what were you The really say? interesting thing politically uh, with Nilfgaard was... Instead of them just being, um, you know, we are the Sauron coming like, to destroy you all. Like, we want land, because we right. want land. They actually, because of the time skips and jumping around, they actually showed the progression of that kingdom, of the kingdom that everybody dumps on, yeah. to becoming this incredibly powerful thing that, because, you know, overwhelms the world. again, you know how you make supervillains? That's how you make supervillains. You send someone to the place that no one wants to go, and yeah. they become salty AF, and you're yeah. just like, oh, ha ha ha. That, you know, like, oh my god. It, it was just the whole thing. I was like, oh, you guys. <laughs> Something about the politics I wasn't very comfortable with is the way they attached Yennefer's um, bodily situation to the idea that she had been um, fathered by an elf. It, I don't know. I don't like this idea of people being born of mixed race also having disabilities yeah so i think what that actually is it's the societal prejudice against elves in like the it's Witcher not world. true that's not true oh okay so because like for example in the hunchback of notre dame like when people see quasimodo they're like ah the devil you know and it's like mm. no he's just a hunchback like yeah. kind of yeah so yeah. it's more like they're projecting their prejudice on her and giving like a reason like why wouldn't you be a beautiful girl? Oh, clearly it's because you have that sully right. blood. And yeah. it might be true that her mother, like, um, well, I think she does have elf with blood elf, because that but explains no, like where elves her... and humans in this world seem very close together. There's, right. Yeah. I think I think that it's I think that that's probably it's probably true that she has elf blood in her heritage because that gives her super. Yeah. That's where her super powerful magic. Uh, inherent abilities come from but I don't think it has anything to do with uh, the, the way she looks yeah okay that yeah. makes more sense so I think she does have some elf blood in her heritage um, 
uh, because that explains where her magic comes from or where her, her super powerful innate talent for magic comes from. I just don't think it has anything to do with the way she looks. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. One thing I did like about that is when the mages talked about the magic within her, especially her proctor, they talked about it as the chaos within you. And I like how everyone talked about chaos like a mana bar. The whole yes, show is so video game. I really enjoyed the way they talk, but specifically for her, it makes it sound like they're saying you're different. Therefore, we don't understand you. Therefore, you're dangerous. And that is a very real- realistic way well, that people are fucked up. Yennefer is extremely dangerous, but because society yeah. and you people made her that way, oh exactly. yeah, because you treated her like crap and told her she like can't possibly matter unless she hurts someone and now she's like well i guess i have powers to hurt people yeah. well Look i look out for I this fire tidal wave loved, i loved at the end when you know it was like contain your chaos contain your chaos and then the proctor was like let your chaos go i was such, like yes such a cool writing point because that whole time the proctor is like no you have to have control and now it's like well i guess you're a convenient weapon i love this <laughs> Thanks, idea Obi-Wan. <laughs> right i like yeah. this idea that the proctor while we see her humanity is never fully shown to be right <laughs> like she's not the quote-unquote good person yeah. in this situation i'm not gonna lie though like if one of the scenes where she's you know, drinking and laughing with people around the fire. I was like, you don't smile. Yeah, where, how are it. you a human? She, no. Does, she is acting like she thinks she may die. I could kind of see yeah. that. The, like, okay, so in Harry Potter, <laughs> teaching magic kids is often risks being taken that are mind-boggling. In this setting, it's not risk. They just freaking sacrifice underperforming students oh my to God. the good of the school well, and, and then turn look, them into eels for who, some reason although who survived like that i thought that was a weird and cool writing moment when yennefer's like i can still hear her she's still down here yeah and i'm like that is horrifying and beautiful uh-huh. it's yeah it's a little of both well and then i'm thinking when you find out later on that the school is suffering from financial strain so they're accepting um tuition and rich Mm. students i'm like do they know right is that that's not every girl but i get the feeling those rich rich fathers especially considering the time period in the world they established don't fucking care it's basically like you know either my daughter fails her magic and doesn't come back or i have a powerful mage in a neighboring court for the next you know thousand years nepotism Uh uh-huh (laughs) <laughs> and as we saw at the mage school, the nepotism, mwah, so uh, fresh. So fresh. Really, really aged nepotism. It's got kind of a fruity hint to it. Mm-hmm. Lots of tannins in this nepotism. Lots yeah. of daisies. Lots of daisies in this nepotism. Daisies and eels. But speaking of the world of The Witcher, I think The Witcher is, I, I don't know if it's full on hope punk, but it's one of those examples of a world that I love. I call it hope No, punk. but it's, it's one of those very examples. dark. But it's, it's one of those examples of a world that I, I always really like um, because like, so like, you know, it gets, since we're comparing this to Game of Thrones, we were, you know, 40 minutes ago, um, Game of Thrones seems to be a story about a world that is bleak and the crappy people who make it their home uh, and with despite a few bright spots of light like Arya and um, but mostly even Arya. Arya... Um, but, yeah, like she, I mean, she's Bran. a fun character, but she's not a bright spot of light. Uh, I don't know. I feel like in that world, a vengeance demon is about the brightest you could get. But that's what I'm talking <laughs> no, no. about. Like... But what I'm saying is, The Witcher is The Witcher gives me old Hercules and Xena vibes, although it's a much darker show because it's 
it's a it's that kind of show that I've been craving of you know an adventurer going from place to place solving solving problems uh, by the point of their sword and the power of their magic but I also just like it's that idea that there's the world is dark but there are people who are fighting to fix it and like there's people yes. there are people who still know right from wrong Which and who makes... will fight for each other that the fact that Geralt you know when he finds out that Ciri's kingdom is going to be under attack, his response isn't, well, good, my problems are gone, which I feel like is a Game of Thrones answer to the mm. problem. His response is, I have to go to the kingdom and get this child who is my responsibility and take care of her. Uh, I thought the awesome. show was so good for calling him out for leaving. Yeah. I thought that was very well done. Yeah. Um, and also it makes sense why he left his but, job works but he can't stay in one place yeah he but is he a rare resource he didn't really if well, i remember he correctly, left her the first time not not the oh, second the time, time when he went okay. back together the first the, yeah jared's talking about the first time when he claimed yeah. the law of surprise and was like well i'm out <laughs> yeah the second time was very cool uh oh one of the things i love most about the ending is this cool badass like witcher character not combat important for that story uh -huh. and was literally withheld and then poisoned like that was so cool especially considering like the best fight scene gerald had the whole series was in episode one which by the way that fight with renfrey oh <sighs> i don't know i did like that one but the fight with the I'm gonna get this monster type wrong. The girl cursed to become a monster that eats. Yeah, people. that was a good fight. That too. was a good. But you know fight. me and my love for sword fights. Oh yeah, sure. And that sure. was a good sword. And the fight. sword fight in that scene was great. Also, and this may be slightly a spoiler for future stories, but I was reading on. Um, uh, I, I've been reading a bunch about The Witcher because it tripped my obsession switch when I watched the show, and it was just so good. And I want to read all the books and play the game and all that stuff. But um, <laughs> I have a feeling we're gonna read the books and be like, Psh, not as good as the show. <laughs> probably. But um. Uh, so Yennefer is a very important character apparently Triss is a very important character the woman who barred the gate in the final fight oh yeah um, yeah yeah um, but also Renfri not a one-off character she is described oh, in yeah. the stories as having been left for dead at Blaviken not actually killed oh, oh yeah so she coming back she gonna come back and she gonna be pissed oh she but it's, is it's gonna, gonna be, be great I, yeah. she's gonna be all, all like hey Gerald remember that night we spent Yennefer's like Oh, do tell. Apparently, so somebody was saying apparently Geralt and Yennefer have a very open relationship over the oh, course of the yeah, books. Obviously. To which one of my friends described as uh, Yennefer has um, uh, Geralt's heart, but his nether regions are community property. <laughs> oh, the hell, okay. <laughs> um, this this no. pleases me. I, I like this that. idea that he has a heart to give. I want to see that sort of character progression. You in the already show. saw it a little bit. I mean, there's that scene where the not two of them the wake point. up in bed and neither of them have left. And yeah, like it's that, building. It's not there yet, but right, it's building. Right. I also really liked speaking of intimate mo and romantic moments in this show. There was like nudity and there was like sex scenes and stuff, but I didn't feel like there were many sex scenes. I think there was one, but there was. I don't feel like there was many sex scenes that were. Um, gratuitous. like, not even gratuitous, but like titillating. Like, yeah. like when when Gerald and Redfrey or Gerald and Yennefer like got it on, there was never, there wasn't like a, and now we're gonna do a like Bam, slow close in right. on like uh, her heaving honestly, bosom or anything like that. There was, it was titillating enough when Gerald and Yennefer did it that I did like fast forward a bit because I'm like, I, this is not the mood I want to be in when I want to watch this. <laughs> um, but other than that, I also, oh, they're alive. Oh, they're really alive. alive. <laughs> Um, 
Jaskier needs to, uh, apparently he's not a like a major character beyond the original stories and I'm like no bring That's him back bit. bring Honestly, him all the way back keep him around I don't understand why uh, Jaskier's uh, romantic stuff why don't they make him buy it like there should That's, be something yeah. more there, well there's already enough sexual tension with stuff. him and Gerald we can just right, do that no yes more yeah, of this That's why this. I'm thinking. give me more because like but also like let's have Jaskier just live with them because you know Siri needs to be taught magic, sword fighting, and comedy. <laughs> she has to be a triple threat. <laughs> That's how that works. Yeah. Um, the oh goodness. Um, were we going to talk about anything else? Today? We haven't, and I don't think we're going to because we've got about ten minutes till the end of the episode. Okay. Well, remember, we have that whole bit we need to cut out. And now I need to cut this bit out. No, let's uh, refer right. to it to make people anxious. <laughs> Fuck shit, damn. Fuck shit, damn. Fuck shit, damn. Stop it. But, um, ugh, I had something I wanted to say. I don't remember. I mean, if I, if you if you want to talk about something else, I have other things I could talk about, but I'm really enjoying this conversation about the Witcher. I feel oh. as if we've seen other things together and then, like, I rush through the Witcher in three days. And... <laughs> Just so we can talk about another yes, show. Yes, I yeah. was really excited about um, Okay, well, here's... Um, I yes. love the lioness and her <laughs> consort's relationship. <laughs> that was so good. Oh, like... That the... was a complex storyline, and I really felt like the way they showed it out of order really helped me understand the way, yeah. it. Introducing the two of them in that first scene with Siri, where, like, because that's her, like, being shown off in front of court. You're like, oh god, it's gonna be. She's gonna have gross parents, and court is gonna be gross. And then the three of them having that very loving, very joking relationship. I was like, oh, they're awesome. Oh, oh, they're awesome. Yeah. I really like that she takes him as a husband because she's just she has had too much crap happen, and finally she's like. You know what? You were on my side in this fight. Fuck it. Okay. Well, also because he does that that political move of like, you know, she's she's accepted my proposal so that we can end this fight, and she, he never talked to her no, about that. He no. just says it publicly, and she's yeah. like, "Yeah, fucking well played." <laughs> yeah, and that's where Fine. she's like, "Get into my bedroom now." <laughs> I guess we're consummating this. Oh, you know who's at the top in this <laughs> room? Yeah. I don't. The way the lioness talks about everything, it makes... Oh, I loved her conversation with Geralt, where he was like, and you'll do what I want, because you're my... Like, you are my witcher, right? And he's like, I'm not going to do any of that. But, I mean, I am the queen, and you'll yeah. do whatever I want. No, I'm not going to do any of this. <laughs> I belong to an independent organization. <laughs> I don't know if you know. We don't answer to queens. Oh, that's your sword. Okay. Right. Then the way she says we both like killing monsters, and you know he's talking about mutants, and she's talking about people. Made, like that was a uh -huh. beautiful character. That whole story of I really thought there was like I didn't. I, that was the moment that I realized they were doing a bunch of short stories strung together by their overarching plot because the the whole story of Porcupine Boy, mm -hmm. um, and his love was just like that's so cool. Yeah, it that's was such cool. a great I, I story. I will admit though, when he was first like. I called the law of surprise, and everyone's like, "Oh, the law of surprise, the law of surprise," and we were like, "What, what the, the hell fuck is, is the law of surprise? right?" Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> we hadn't read the books, and honestly, I'm really glad I had no prior knowledge, like yeah. zero prior it, knowledge it beyond the fact that there's a video game. Yeah. You know? I thought I wouldn't like it because I've read through the Wikipedia of the video game, and it the early ones are really toxic, and they yeah. don't sound like they're my thing, but. I in preparation for this I skimmed some stuff around the book and the book sounds way better. So it sounds like CD Project Red as a company 
has slowly and but surely been growing up over the course yeah. of I a, think the Cyberpunk decades they've been making 2077 games. will be the final proof on whether or not that's true. Uh-huh. But they've got until September, so you heard they've got I'm delayed, really right? I'm really glad, actually. Yeah. I, I, mean, I think I don't anytime wanna... you can delay a video game to make it better, right. please do that. Well, it went from being like, I am going to have to set aside $60, make sure that I get this. Okay, I can do that, too. Oh, it's coming out around my birthday? Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so do we get our PS4 back Top then? Top of the list. <laughs> I, oh, yeah, I'm definitely going to... Um, I've I got to finish Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the um, the considering that Are they delayed t- The Witcher 3 to finish... <laughs> all of the um fix all the bugs in that game and there's still a very famous screenshot of Geralt standing dramatically in the in a field with Roach his horse standing on his head <laughs> what it's a bug oh it's hilarious okay. not in the show no right. can we also talk about the beautiful relationship that Gerald has with Roach I love that he treats Roach better than any other single person until they're actually friends yeah I like, mean but he really treats everyone well and fairly and that's what I like about him yeah just yeah. distant. Who knew that it would take Henry Cavill being in a completely different show for him to get Superman finally? <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of which, uh, this is a tangent, and I guess we can talk about something else, but the CW is doing a Lois and Clark show. Oh, They're whoa. doing it with the characters from Supergirl who are oh. married and have a kid. Oh. So it's a Superman and Lois as parents kid show, oh, and I'm wonderful. so excited the, for that. And that storyline, that writing of Superman I hear is Fantastic. That's exactly the Superman story. I mean, partially because I'm, you know, older and have a kid now. But uh, the the Superman who is the Superman I grew up with is the one who was in a healthy relationship with Lois, and not oh, yeah. all of the like bickering, Lo- will they, won't they stuff. The and Adventures I love those of kinds Lois of stories so much Clark better. Is one of the best shows from the '90s. It was especially so the first good. season. The first season was just yeah. another mm. Chef's Kiss. So many Chef's Kisses this episode. Yeah, uh, it should just be called the Chef's, the chef's Kiss. kiss. Yeah. Ooh, the Chef's Kiss. Toss a coin to your Chef's Kiss. Okay, anyway, <laughs> yeah, it does work as well. But yeah. yeah, no, that that is really toss exciting. a kiss to your chef. Mm. I'm sorry, you no. were saying mailing. <laughs> no, uh, but no, that's what I mean. The I really want just. A story, and I, this, I think this actually does exist, but I want to write another one of just like um, Superman and Lois Lane having a Bluetooth conversation of like, how was your day, honey? While Superman is fighting a giant robot the size of Manhattan over the yeah. Arctic Circle, and Lois is breaking into a, a like mob boss's house to, to uncover evidence for yeah. his next story. And just the two of them being badasses in their own way and not needing each other at all, but loving mm-hmm. and supporting each other. Mm-hmm. I just, I want all of that all the time. Don't give me the Lois Lane who's like dreamily obsessed with Superman and doesn't do anything on her own. Give me, yeah. give me, give me my Lois. The Damn Lois it. who makes um, Clark understand humanity better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're talking about uh, more general stuff right now, um, we are running low on time. We are running low on time. Um, w- there have been a number of. Ooh, can we all three go around and talk about like some super cool thing that we did that the other two people didn't like get into that we're excited? Yeah, about? I think that's a good way to. Maybe that's something we should do to end the show each week. Just talk about a cool thing we did this week. And since um, we haven't done this in two years, like we have a vast thing to pull from. We do, and we also one of the things we should talk about off the air is um, I like the form, current format of the podcast, but um, Jarius is gonna dance up and down and say I told you so I think we could go back to having some structure I uh, told you I so we'll see we'll see um, but 
uh, I'll go first. Um, I have been loving the hell out of uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, uh, which I've been playing on PS4 recently. Um, It is a Metroidvania with Dark Souls style combat and saving. Um, And I didn't think I was liking it for the longest time because there isn't a ton of story plot and I really wanted an Uncharted style linear experience. But as I'm getting more and more into it, the exploration of like Kashyyyk and Dathomir and like going into ancient Jedi temples and like, you know, jumping across different buildings and and diving into things and fighting stormtroopers. And now that I've gotten the force, combat's a lot more fun because like three scout troopers will rush me with stun batons. And that used to be a huge problem. And now I just force shove them off a cliff and laugh. Uh, Who's Rodan? That a little, shit. a little dark side, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> I, I think I mean, the laugh Nazis. is what yeah. makes it dark side. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> um, But yeah, I've been really enjoying it. Amazing. Would um, you like to wait for Jairus to go? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I will bite you. Um, so like wait for me to leave. Yeah. <laughs> so over the last two years, I have really cemented my love for Brandon Sanderson. Mm. Oh yeah. Um. So basically, yeah, I think. I, yeah, I think the last time we recorded this podcast, not the last time, but, you know, two years ago, um, I probably had just started reading The Way of King, The King, mm-hmm. oh, sorry, Stormlight Archives, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, uh, Stormlight Archives, and I've been reading his uh, new YA series. Um, the Chalk one? Skyward, oh. and then um, I'm on the new books, uh, Starsight. Mm-hmm. And it is so good. You would freaking love it because oh, yeah? of the interplay between humanity and aliens Ooh. and like and machines and Ooh. machines. And like basically what it is, is humans have been kept on this like prison planet, if you will, okay. by these aliens, because it turns out they humans tried to take over the galaxies like, like we do like every we do. time. And so we have been suppressed into this mm, mm-hmm. colony and so yeah. I'm I'm about to find out like what the other big bad is um, and there's I these like, like it. psychic abilities that allow you to hyper jump through space and like okay. Sanderson is just so amazing in how he builds worlds and mm-hmm. makes really compelling characters and also if you love strong female characters like Sanderson is your dude cause mm-hmm. he just really writes them very very well so i mean he's just an amazing author and he's a very prolific author so yeah there's a lot if you're if you read very quickly don't worry there'll be a new sanderson book out (laughs) so you'll just be able to pick it up and you know keep on the obsession so and a vast amount of lore yeah yeah yeah, a vast vast amount not as much in this series as there is in say like stormlight archives but yeah right but but it's all connected and like or mistborn yeah and so you're right it is all connected he's just really really cool and highly recommend just reading everything about him and i think once i finish starsight I'll probably pick up the Elantris um, series because that's the only series of his that I haven't read anything of. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it'd be pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, Oathbringer was dope. Cool. Like, it was really, oh, yeah. really good. So really good. 72 too. hours of an audiobook. <laughs> oh, I believe it. I <laughs> still so have good. a copy. I just need to get through it. Um, I tried it the 
semester I did that uh, charter school and burned out on my ability to read for fun for three months. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything else? Um, that's pretty much it. Do it. Geekwise. So in the last few years, this isn't necessarily something... Okay, hold on. Do something you're doing now, not the no, not your history I, of the last two years. I have to. I have to bring this up because it's relevant Okay, as long right as it's not now. a history of your last two years. No. Okay. Um, in the last few years, I got a bit more um, into paying attention to the sort of genres I like in music so I can try and curate my tastes. Um, and uh, I got into vinyl because I really enjoy the imperfectness of the sound. But one of the Garrison's things... transformation into hipster is complete. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. I tried talking to someone about it, and they're like, uh, don't tell me you're one of those fans who are into it because of the way it crackles and pops. Because I hate that. I'm like, that's 100% what I love about it. Um, one of the things I got more into in the last few years is Rush. And the thing about Rush is that I used to like them without knowing who fully who they are. And I came to this thing where, because I read, um, ba ba ba, um, uh, the book series where people go into the Oasis. What am I thinking? Uh, of? Andrew, uh, Ready Player Ready One. Player One yeah. Ready Player One features um, the song Twenty One Twelve, and that caused me to go back and find it in my music and re-listen to it. And I realized that I really like the sort of fantasy stuff Rush does. In all Their song, of this, Madrigal is fantastic. Oh, it's so good. Songs. They, they have, they do a song called "The Necromancer" that is all of the parts of the uh, Cimmerillion that talk about Sauron, what Sauron was doing during The Hobbit. It's fantastic. Oh, that's great. It's so good. During all of this, I am getting really excited, being like, I now have this new thing I could probably talk to my dad about. And I come up to my dad and I'm like, you probably like already know about this, of course, but um, I've recently been really getting into Rush. And my mom goes, oh, here we go. <laughs> my father loves Rush more than any other single band. And the reason I didn't hear Rush when I was a kid is because he played it so much that my mother forbid him to play it after I was born. Your father has so much potential to be a cool like, person. Yeah. He went to see Rush live eight times and met them backstage. That's amazing. He loves Rush. And so while we're talking about this, Mom's like, fine, since you found something you two can connect with, why don't you listen to this on our way to um, a wedding? And so we listened to all of 2112 and nerd out about it <laughs> and listen to like the stuff on the back. So like Twilight Zone and all that. Twilight Zone also is a great song. Okay. So... Recently, I bring this up because, unfortunately, Neil Pearl just died. Okay, I was wondering if you knew about that. Yes. I was just literally just Googling on my phone. Wait, was it the Rush drummer who just died? Yeah. The So, Neil Pearl was not just Pearl. the... I'm sure it's Pearl. It starts with a T. It ends with a T. Oh, I promise. Hmm, then I've been Googling wrong. That's fine. We're all imperfect fans, and I am super imperfect. Um... One of the things that um, he was he really did, though, is he did all their lyrics. And he was not only considered one of the best drummers of all time, but his lyrics got him the title The Professor. Um, because they were so intellectual. And in reading, like, listening to his stuff is cool, but if you read it along with it, he'll write, like, full fantasy novels in these songs. It's really cool. <laughs> um, and I... It is sad that I am getting into this so late, but I am also really appreciative that I did get to listen to a lot of Rush before he died 
uh, because I would have been heartbroken to get into this band and then realize the number one reason I like them, how imaginative and fantasy-esque they are. Besides, you know, the amazing guitar solos and all the, so many great stuff. And that person, like, yeah, had, uh, it's always sad when you get into something and find out the band broke up or whatever. Oh my God. I just, not on the same level, but I, I discovered a band called Foxy, Foxy Shazam earlier this mm-hmm. year, which is a fantastic band. You also listen to them. Maybe I'll talk about them on a later podcast at some point, but literally it was like, man, this band is so cool. Let me look them up. Oh, they broke up in 2015. Right. Yeah. A friend got me into a band um, over a summer and like slowly metered out the songs to me until like I started looking them up and at the end of the summer said, so they broke up three years ago and I know I've been saying we'll see them live, but we're not actually going to do that. That's a dick way to do that. Jairus's friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, folks that it has been a wonderful hour chatting with you about the Witcher, the Witcher and mostly the Witcher. And remember, but... always remember, <laughs> hello and welcome, welcome to the Ace, Ace of Geeks, Geeks podcast. Uh, Jairus, they should email us because they can email us about uh, anything. Uh, anything and we'll read it on the air. Uh, how like would they do that? his butt. A-C-E-O-F-G-E-E-K-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T-I-N-G at gmail.com. That's Ace of Geeks podcasting at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on all of your favorite podcast services. We are now officially on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, uh, Spotify TalkShoe. Um, if there's a podcast service that you want to listen to us on but we're not on there, uh, I don't know how you heard this, but tell us anyway. Send us an email. <laughs> um, what a philosophically interesting conundrum yeah, you just is, thought of. <laughs> um, and uh, let us know. Um, there's something else. Oh, um, and please do leave us a review on your podcast. Um, the more uh, the more reviews we get the more people will find the show. The more people will find the show, the more we can start up a Patreon, start making money to do things like get a third microphone, which will increase our audio quality tenfold. I could get my own microphone? (laughs) Paying a uh, professional to edit this thing. So I don't have to do it tonight, which is when I'm going to have to do this. Listeners, right now we are splitting up microphones the way that Mike Mayling and I usually split up checks. Hey. <laughs> I think that was more than people. Um, but you can that. also find us on Twitter at Ace of Geeks, on Facebook at The Ace of Geeks, um, and that's it for right now. But um, we'll get back on that. Our theme song is by the lovely and now defunct band Kessel Run. Uh, next week, what I'm going to do is I'm going to find a list of all of the bands the two people who made up Kessel Run are currently in yeah. because it's a long list and you should go support all of their new bands. While it is a long list, I do want to give some special shout out to Mystic Priestess because they're amazing. Yes. Yes, yes, they are. Um, so, anyway, thank you guys for listening. We love you all. Um, and toss a coin to your Witcher. <laughs> <laughs>